You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. Merry Christmas to you all. We're getting super close to that festive season. Some would say we're already in it. A lot of people have shut up shop for the year, but we are still running and we will continue to run all the way through. We never miss a week. And this week, we are quite topical in our update. It is the rental market update with my favorite property manager. She now works at Strategic, <laughs> Emma Thorpe. Hello, great to be here. Yeah, well, on a, on a daily basis yeah, now, right? very good. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, why is it topical? What is going on in the rental market? Why am I chatting to you today on the podcast? Yeah, sure. Well, Trent, the is loads happening in the rental market and interestingly I find that it's changing every day so it's super exciting to be a property manager in the current market. I guess the most important thing and what everybody's talking about is the 40-year low vacancy rate of 0.8% so we're obviously experiencing a really great time in leasing at the moment. Explain to us what that means. What is a normal fair market where a tenant and a landlord can come together and negotiate on even terms? What would a market as a vacancy rate look like in that situation? We will report in that situation, it should be around 33 to 3.5% is a good market for both landlord and tenants. So I a can- A balanced market. Yeah, a balanced market. Yeah. The reality that we haven't had that pretty much all year. Yeah, uh, And right. it's been heading further south. We're at 0.8%. It's getting into what people would call a chronic situation now where not only does it feel great as a landlord because you're in control again you right now if your tenant leaves another tenant came in you could increase the price yes but it probably creates a pretty vulnerable situation for a lot of would-be tenants people looking to rent either coming into perth or moving or who have been kicked out because the house has been sold i'm sure you're meeting a lot of desperate people right now yeah absolutely and the other thing that i foresee happening and because traditionally in the new year, we see that that January, February market, even in a really tough vacancy rate. So I can remember when the vacancy rate was around seven or 8%, even in that January or February, we were seeing a lot of properties rent because we see heaps more people coming to Perth to relocate for schools and for work. And I think particularly this year, we'll probably see that happen even more so. So I'm not sure what will happen come Jan, Feb, but even today we're seeing tenants having a really tough time trying to find somewhere to call home. Tell us about some of your experiences over the last month or two. What have you been leasing just by happenstance and what have the real life on the ground experiences been with regards to how many people are coming through, what that type of applicant is, um, are they offering below, are they offering above, is everyone offering What's going on? Yeah, sure. Oh, there's heaps of things going on and I think it depends on what area we're in. But what I'm seeing on the ground at the moment is properties that are priced correctly, fairly and in line with the current market are generating loads of people through the home open. What's loads? So uh, 20 odd Yeah, 20 groups. And in my experience, most of the properties are being rented from the first or second home open. So for example, um, as you know, I had a home open last Sunday where we rented, or it looks like we will rent all three properties from the one home open. I had them on from 460 per week. It looks like we'll rent one at 460, one at 480, and then I had one at offers from 500, and it looks like we'll generate a tenant there for 520 per week. So that's a really good strategy 
that I've found in my experience works really well is that if we price the property really well, like really reasonably online, it therefore generates a whole lot of interest and inquiry. And then if we do a strategic home open on a Sunday at 11 o'clock where we can generate the most people through the doors at the time it creates a bit of a buzz and people get excited and it's really good energy and then people fall in love with the home and the vibe and then I think we see more applications and better quality tenants bit of FOMO comes in a bit of competition and it's super exciting you know people are asking questions listening to other people talk and it's a really good time so yeah let's talk about another rental situation you had uh, in Craigie which is actually a really really tight market in its Mm -hmm. own respect but uh, in that situation, the landlords, your clients, mm-hmm. were asking for you to put it up way overs. Mm-hmm. How did that go? I feel that that property was slightly uh, higher than what may have been, should have been for that current market. And that, the in turn, made the properties be available for a fair few weeks. Uh, I also feel that the quality of tenants through that property may not have been as ideal as what I've seen through the properties that were more reasonably priced. And... I was opening the other property where they were slightly higher for 8500 um, multiple times on the weekends, multiple times I had no one through. So that's also a really interesting thing where I think tenants these days are super smart and they also know how much they should be paying for properties. So they're looking online, they've got access to CoreLogic, they can see really what they should be paying uh, and who, who they're paying it to. So if something's slightly higher, then it just doesn't generate any interest and we don't get anybody through, which then doesn't allow me to create relationships with tenants, get them to fall in love with our agency, the property, all that sort of stuff, and then in turn rent the property for a really good price and really quickly. Well, ironically, what what was the outcome there? Because as I remember, as I understand, yeah. it took a few weeks, but you got there, you got the prices that they actually wanted, but yep. it was more of a struggle. When we yeah. think about what the landlords want long term, mm-hmm. their instructions to you were, we don't care if it takes two or three, four weeks. Yeah where it could have taken one week. Yes. We want overs because yeah. we think it's going that way. Yeah. It sort of worked out for them, but it, it was, did. I guess, more work for you. Yeah. Which yeah. is not a problem for which, you. Yeah, of course, which I obviously don't mind. I just feel that maybe if we had put it online at the market value, we probably would have attracted more people. And got that and rented price it anyway. Quicker. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it's really hard to say, Trent, and I think this is where basically there's no stats around that. It's just my gut feeling. It's what I see on the ground. And if it was my properties, that's probably what I would do. And the times that I have done what I would do if it was mine, I've always had really good results. We still are in you know, Christmas. We're still three and a half months away from the end of the moratorium on rent rises. Yeah. However, obviously, you're seeing those rent rises come in with the natural attrition of places opening up or new mm-hmm. places come into the market. What advice would you have to landlords who are just champing at the bit to be able to increase their prices or kick their tenants out if they can. Do you think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think, as Ria would say, there will be 20% increases the second we hit the 1st of April? I think that the best thing to do at the moment is probably to hold on to a good tenant and see what the market does from that 1st of April and then have a look what's available in the area at the time, crunch some numbers and see what it's doing at the time. Because even for me, I really can't anticipate what's going to happen and who's going to put their rent up and what owners are, are thinking what they're going to do. But I think if it was my property, what I'd be doing is just hold on to a good quality tenant for now, see what happens when you're due for your next rent review and most certainly do a rent increase if there's provision to do one for sure. With a lot of these uh, tenancies, they're all periodic now. What sort of notice are we giving our tenants if we do 
intend to increase the prices so that we can one give them the best opportunity to make a decision as to whether they want to stay because ideally we want them to stay yeah and we want to increase the price yeah so a lot of our tenants what we've done is if they wanted to we extended a fixed term contract so if their lease did end in september of this year if they wanted one they were able to sign another fixed term contract for six or 12 months so here in our office we're lucky we have a rent review clause in our lease agreement so that gives us provision to do a rent increase even on a 12 or 18 month lease so we will still have tenants in a fixed term contract that are due for rent reviews so in that case then we are required by the legislation to provide no less than 60 days notice of a rent increase and we just go to the tenants with that notice and also have the discussion with them see what's available in the area and provide that information to them so then they can make an informed decision on what they'd like to do from there. Yeah, the last thing you want is that messy situation where you've got a tenant who's in there who knows they're getting kicked out and doesn't want to be kicked out, making it hard for you to open the property up to prospective tenants, especially when you might be getting 20, 30 parties through the door. Um, You really want to be working. I think really the ideal outcome for the tenant and for the landlord is that the tenant gets to stay Mm -hmm. but has a reasonable amount of time to understand that this is where the market is uh, and this is what we'll be charging. If they don't want to pay that or they don't believe they can pay that well then it's of their volition their choice yeah that they move out in the required time frame yeah i agree and if we go to tenants with the information that they probably can't get anything similar in the same area for what they're currently paying then generally once you have that discussion they will just choose to stay and sign another fixed term contract you've noticed a bit of an anomaly in where the news the buzz the stats on a whole in perth say that the market is so tight rents are rising there's nothing available uh, but there are still places where it really hasn't picked up the way that the rest of the market has picked where is that and why do you think that is sure so i feel that uh, particularly suburbs like rivervale east perth south perth west perth they still have a really high supply of property available and i guess they have the most property available because of the amount of apartments townhouses duplexes those types of things in the area and obviously it's such a high investor Um, amount so where they probably have 80% of one building is owner investor so obviously there's such a high turnover and lots of uh, direct competition for owners there. What that for me indicates is that the crunch in the rental market is intertwined with the crunch in the owner-occupied sales market so where it is an owner-occupied area it's affecting the rental market because people are spilling over from not being able to buy in the owner-occupied space and vice versa. But where it's an area that's quite dense in investor product, it still hasn't risen in the same way. And when I see that on my side of the equation, the sales perspective, where normally you'd see a market where 30% of buyers are investors, but we're Mm -hmm. still at about half of that amount, which is really, I guess, putting the same level of pressure. There's the same gap, there's the same oversupply still in those older apartments that have been superseded by the new sexy apartments coming up around town with more amenities. These flats, I guess we would call them, they're still at the bottom of the pile. We have a 0.8% vacancy rate across Perth, but in some of these suburbs, it would still be two or three or four percent yeah and absolutely. if you're the last one on on the train 
well, you know, you, you, you might still be the last one on the train for quite a while because there are new properties coming on that are still way more impressive that rentals will come into straight away. Yeah, and I think those type of properties, the rents are low, then generally speaking, they may attract a low quality tenant and they can be really hard work from there for sure. The message there is that the crunch is in the suburban areas where it's families and yes. families who are coming back to Perth or who are uh, looking to purchase or have bought a house and land package and have another 12 months to wait before it can be built. They need somewhere in between, somewhere where the kids can go to school. But still, we're not seeing that lift up in the inner city where it's just investor young kids, really, who would probably be buying in those areas. Yeah. And interestingly, I even see a whole lot of young professional couples still wanting those three by twos in, you know, Warwick, Duncraig, those type of areas. I guess it's a lifestyle thing now, you know, with Scarborough, Joondalup. There's so many great cafes, shops beaches, all of that sort of stuff. We're still getting questions from our landlords as to whether they can take out landlords insurance. Yes. But we all know that since the moratorium on being able to kick tenants out, the insurers aren't insuring for landlord insurance. That's right, yeah. Uh, we're still in that situation. And what, what's the advice you've been giving to clients, uh, landlord clients, that is, around uh, what we can do and we just holding off, taking the risk until March? A really good question. And at the moment, I'm just telling owners, let's play it by ear. As you know, there's two companies that most clients in WA use. Um, Which one are those? That's EBM and Terry Shear. Those two will cover owners generally or prior to COVID for loss of rent with nil excess. So it's something that I feel is super important because I've seen in the past even the best quality tenants fall on tough times and then fall behind in rent arrears and vacate. So for me, that's a big one. Now, EBM are currently not covering loss of rent. They're not providing their normal policy. So at the moment, I'm suggesting to owners to stay clear of that because that's the most common one. That's the one we're going to be using, I suggest. Uh, Terry Shear are offering that. However, they have had a massive price hike of their premiums. But look, it's still only a flat fee of $400 per annum. So, you know, less tax and all of that. I think sort of that a, week's, still, a week's rent. Yeah, I still think that it's a really important thing and most often looked over by owners. So I still think it's important if you are looking at a landlord's insurance policy, I'd probably suggest Terry Shear at the moment just because they are covering that loss of rent with nil excess. Bonus question. <laughs> the, sure. the market on property management. If you're an investor who's just bought an investment property and looking for a property manager, how has the current market, the crunch on vacancies, how has that affected, in your opinion, your experience, the market on property managers? Are property managers charging more now? Are they charging less? Are they charging differently? What's going on there? There's a lot happening. Everybody is running their own race a little. There's a you know a little bit happening in column A where people are charging more and running with that. There's a little bit from column B where people are just really knuckling down and offering great service for a really reasonable price. And there's a lot of owners that I've heard that are actually choosing to do it themselves now because they feel that it's a whole lot easier to rent property. They're getting good quality tenants. So why need a professional and I'm also seeing a lot of people that are like well now that I'm getting an extra $30 a week that's something that I want to outsource much like we outsource the cleaning or the gardening or something like that we're seeing a lot more uh, owners coming to the market where they just want to outsource because there's that little bit extra in the kitty over the last bit more fat there that they can just shell it out palm it off yeah 
What about this flat rate, sort of 10% property management, no other fees? Are people coming to you saying, what about that as an option? Are most property managers open to that? What's the benefit of, a, of just a flat rate and, and other risks of that as well? I guess for me, Trent, good question is that I'm not sure what service those people are providing for a 10% fee. I don't know that you would get such a proactive service by those people because I suggest that the property managers in those workplaces will probably be really overworked and have hundreds and hundreds of properties on their portfolios. Obviously, it's such a great offer from an owner's perspective, but in turn, I think you might find that the property managers will be managing 200 plus properties. Having a property manager that manages with a more reasonable rate will have the benefit of having somebody at the desk able to service yourself as the clients plus the tenants. So it's not so much managing the bricks and mortar these days, I find. It's really about managing the people. So from the owner, the tenant, the tradesperson, the neighbours next door, whatever it needs to be. So I think investing in a good property manager, paying a reasonable rate is probably more beneficial than looking for some supermarket brand that's offering that 10% all-inclusive and maybe, I'm not sure, maybe not getting the best service there. I think the opportunity for the landlord there is to do their numbers, understand what they're getting more out from that service, what they're not getting from the 10%. Uh, and because you see a lot of those clauses there where it's all in 10%, you might be getting an inspection once a year yeah. or twice a year or something like that. I think it's really important to understand what what service you're getting for 10% versus what you're getting for the very reasonable base rate with the plus pluses and also compare copies of reports, ask questions and I think finally make a decision on who you feel is best qualified to manage your valuable investment and also crunch your numbers. So obviously that's very important but also you really need to fall in love with your property manager because at the end of the day, that is at least, I guess, a half a million dollar investment. It's super important and it should be managed by somebody who's professional, proactive and that you can trust and get along with. That's a really good point. Even myself, I get caught up sometimes in the weeds of the numbers and going, well, look, this property manager is going to cost me an extra $73 a year. Therefore, they're not as competitive. But what we're overlooking there is the value actually added by the property manager. It's not just a transactional thing where you've got to plug who's coming in to fix one solution yeah it's a it's a holistic thing where really what you're doing is mitigating risk financially yeah i think when choosing a property manager with experience they will actually end up saving you money over a yearly basis in things like vacancy rate you know for me we did home opens on sunday and i rented those properties super quickly but i'm not sure how many other agents are doing home opens on sundays they're probably doing them at tuesday and midday because it suits them um so if i can rent my properties a week quicker than ABC Realty, then I'm going to do it for my client. We might not be the cheapest, but I can save money on a weekly basis. The that optimization. Way. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Emma, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming in, walking the 10 meters to the, uh, yeah, to the studio it's good today. Now. It's, it's quite Bring convenient. my own coffee in now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, have a really good Christmas. Um, sh- um, not that you'll have many holidays, I'm sure. No. <laughs> It'll be working through. I appreciate you coming in and being a real supporter of the podcast. And I'm sure next year we'll have many more, more things to share. Yeah, very good. Uh, thank thanks, you. Mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!